All right. Wow. I'm hooked up here. Um, am I supposed to hold this? It's weird. Okay. So now's the time for the leader to qualify. Please stand. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Lisa. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. I'm just going to hold this. I could jump rope. I could exercise right now. Um, thank you, Atusa, for asking me to come out and um, speak at this meeting uh, today. I've never spoken at this meeting in all my time. I've been in the program since about 2002, well, in and out, let's say. And uh, my abstinence date is, my current abstinence date is February 12, 2007. So I turned nine in February this year. And I'm really grateful for my recovery in this program. Um, I want to welcome our newcomer. So glad you're here. Um, please stay with us. There's, a, there's an answer here. There's a solution here. Um, yeah, lack, uh, or <laughs> what an order. I can't go through with it. That's how I feel about my life. You know, <laughs> uh, I cannot go through with it. And, um, and that's why I eat. That's why I eat and grow up. It's so funny. I, I've been having an experience right now of, like, powerlessness in my life. Um, it's really not a big deal. It's about my dog. <laughs> but um, this is my reaction to being powerless. And um, I don't like it. I don't like the way it makes me feel. Um, I don't like that... There's a lot of times where there's nothing I can do to fix it or make it better. I just have to be in it. And, you know, lack of power, that is my dilemma. And uh, I need a power greater than me. And it says in, our, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous that the answer or the way, the way to that, find that power is through that book, that the answer is there. And I think it's, you know, through the steps because that book is written and it tells us how to work those steps in our lives. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know I, I eat and throw up so that I don't have to feel the way that I'm feeling in my life right now. Um, so the reason that it took me, you know, I, I planned on leaving at a certain time this morning, but my freaking dog, I just moved to a new place. And my dog is having a really hard time transitioning. And this has never happened. I've had her for almost five years. It's never happened. But for some reason, I love the place that I moved. She does not like it. We're having like a, you know, a, you know, we, we don't agree on this. And, um, and so she, it's killing me. So she's acting out. And so, so this morning I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. And then I'm like, oh, my God, that mirror. Like I'm, she's, she's acting out in a way where she's like, acting anxious she's climbing on furniture she's knocking things over and so I'm like I'm leaving and then I'm like oh my god that mirror so I have to go take the mirror down because I'm afraid she's going to knock the mirror down and kill herself um, this is why I eat this is why because I can't control what's happening there when I'm not there and, um, and that's my whole life there's so many things that I'm powerless over and um, the great thing about this program is that what I've learned here is that I am not powerless over my ability to work this program. Like, I come here with you guys. I show up. You know, I show up when my food's messy. I show up when I'm throwing up. 
Because the answer is here, and eventually it all works itself out. But I'm, when I'm not with you, I'm crazy. And um, so, you know, I just, you know, I started, um, I started throwing up when I was about 16. I grew up in an alcoholic home. Talk about lack of power. Um, both of my parents are alcoholic. I have a couple of siblings who are alcoholic. And I have one sibling who's not an alcoholic. And we're like, what happened to you, dude? <laughs> so I, don't, I still don't know how. I don't know. Uh, I don't get it, you know. It's funny. I was thinking about this because one of my issues, um, you know, thank you for sharing your abstinence um, that, you know, I don't, I don't weigh myself or others. <laughs> like I have total body image stuff. And, um, and I... I went to a pool party last week, and I haven't worn a bathing suit in front of other people in quite some time um, because I'm upset, you know, because I, I'm, you know, I don't like the way my body looks. Other people might think it looks fine, but to me, there's something wrong. So I was like, I'm wearing a freaking bathing, bathing suit at this party. So I did. And it's funny, the week before, I went to a beach party, and there were women out wearing bikinis who weren't what you would consider thin or perfect. And I was thinking, so like, do they not think about their body? Like, do they not, do they not think like people are going to look at me? Or like, this doesn't look, do they just, they're just out there doing it, like living it and out there. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Because for me, I'm like, I'm not going to do it because I don't want anybody to look at me and judge me. And, and you know what I mean? And it's really me. I'm the one that's judging me. Nobody else freaking cares. Nobody cares. Nobody's thinking about me. Well, maybe some people are. But there's an amends step for that. Um, uh, but it's just interesting to me that pe- there are people out in the world who live their lives and don't, like, fret over wearing a bathing suit in public. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, that's, that's baffling to me. Uh, so I grew up in this home and this family, and... Um, you know, it was kind of every man for himself. And, uh, and, and so my, I think my first, you know, I, I, I liked to read a lot as a kid because that was a great checkout. TV, you know, I used to watch a lot of TV. Um, we were left alone a lot, kind of like my dog. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I should be more understanding. Uh, but, um, and so, but I had, you know, my, one of my older sisters um, was starting to act out. And um, and she was uh, she was an alcoholic of the variety that uh, she was very charismatic and charming and and every, and she just like everybody loved her you know what I mean later that became problematic for me I was like I hate you for that but um, but as a kid I kind of worshipped her but she also started getting into trouble so she was my first like there's a part in um, the big book that talks about the alcoholic is in full flight from reality and then there's in our in, in the Al-Anon program they say and the Al-Anon is chasing them and that was me <laughs> I know who is thicker in that picture who is thicker you got one in full flight and the other one's like yeah let's go that's me so I, so I was chasing her, and I would, you know, and I would, like, you know, she would run away, and I would try and go find her. So for me, that was a, her, focusing on her was a great way for me to get out of self, to get out of, like, fear. Because it gave me some, a sense of power to, like, help her. You know what I mean? Well, what ended up happening was she left our home. She left for good. Like, she ran away and never came back. 
And um, and then I was I was alone. And uh, and that was I was about 16 at that time. And, and that's when I started um, acting out with food and bulimia. And uh, and, you know, and it, it, I mean, what is there to say about that? It's, it, you know, it was it was a great checkout. I used it for a long, long time. And I remember there was a point in my life where I had left home and I was living with a boyfriend. And, I, you know, the way that I was affected by alcoholism was that I was really shut down and I did not know how to. I just didn't have any tools for living. You know, I didn't finish high school. I just I would I would go into class and lay my head on the on the desk like I just could not, you know, like I just couldn't do it. <laughs> you know, what an order. I can't do life. And it and it was real. You know, it was real. I mean, thank God for program because I have tools. Like, I can go out in the world even when I feel bad. Even when I'm afraid to leave my dog at home because she's going to kill herself. I can, I can leave my house and be like, it's a, you know, God. Because no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. No matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Eventually, I'll be okay. And I have to believe that. And, uh, but I didn't know that before I got here. I didn't know that. And so um, I was really shut down, and I was living with this guy, and I couldn't keep a job, and um, I was eating and vomiting. And his mom kept trying to help me, so she got me this babysitting gig with, like, a, a, a young baby that was, you know, an infant, like, in that first year of, of life. And I was babysitting. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was horrible at it. I was terrible at it, and um, I didn't do it well. Um, and so I, I was, like, eating and vomiting. I was completely checked out, and I was just sit this kid on, like, a chair in front of the television. That was how I would babysit. And, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and I watched this lady's kids, and I just had I just did not. I remember because um, one time I was watching this lady's kids, and, um, I had my friends come over and we were partying like I was doing cocaine. You know, I'm in that program too, the other program. AA. Uh, thank God. Um, but you don't want me watching your kids. Nobody wants me. I mean, the fact that my son survived life even while I'm sober and, and in program is kind of a miracle. Um, so I, you know, I am. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching people's kids and then, you know, thankfully they, they found somebody else. But I, you know, it, when, when I was not drinking or using, I was, I, I stayed home. I stayed home. That's what I did. I stayed home and watched television. And, um, and that went on for a long time. Um, so what ended up happening was I got, I ended up getting sober in AA. And uh, that was in, um, that was March 18th, 1991. So I've been in that program for a long time. But, you know, what happened is that program can't help me with this problem. It does not help with this problem. And I continued to eat and throw up for eight years into my sobriety before I even talked to anybody about it. And I remember what happened was I saw a, um, I saw a movie on television about, you know, like one of those dramatic made-for-TV, you know, this, this young girl that was bulimic. And, um, and she... She died, but she got hit by a car, but she didn't die because of the car. She died because of her, she had a heart attack because of her bulimia, and it had affected her heart, and that scared me. And so I, I went to a friend and told them what I was doing. And, um, and, and I, didn't, I didn't really know anything about OA. I'd never heard about OA. 
um, or, or actually that's not true because my mom took me to a meeting when I was young, one meeting. But, I, you know, it's weird. It's like it didn't even register of what it was because we went to that meeting and then I never went back again. And um, she told me about OA and, um, and I came to a couple of meetings and I, I wasn't into it. And, um, and so I told, and so, it, you know, I couldn't stop throwing up, so I told my AA sponsor at the time, and she said, if you don't stop throwing up, I'm going to make you go to OA, and I'm going to have you call Leslie E. And, I, and, and, and Leslie E., who is my sponsor today, I was like, Leslie E., no way. I was like so scared. And I, I literally stopped throwing up for two years on that alone. Like, that was it. I just, like white knuckled it for two years so I didn't have to call Leslie and uh, she, she always laughs when I <laughs> tell that story um, so so that was the beginning of the madness for me was when I stopped throwing up and I did not know how to eat does anybody have a tissue that I could <laughs> sorry my nose is running thank you very much um, thank you uh, so so um so that was when the madness started. Um, I was obsessed with like my body, calories, food, what to eat, what not to eat, dieting. It was like a crazy, and, and, and mind you, I'm sober in AA at this time, but I am like a psycho. Not only am I sober in AA, but I have a young child that I'm raising. And I'm in a relationship. And let me just say that when all of that crazy food obsession, body obsession is happening, you know, I may be an AA and I may be in a relationship and I may be a mother, but I am not there. I am not there for any of it. And um, I remember my boyfriend at the time, and that's when I'm not throwing up. That's when I'm just like, you know, psychotic, thinking about food, body, weight, calories, and dieting. And I remember my boyfriend one time saying, he was like, he was like sharing this amazing memory that we had together. Like, remember that time we, I can't even tell you what the memory is now, but um, <laughs> he was so, like the look on his face, he was so like, remember that time? And I swear to God, I was like, uh, nope. And he was so upset. He was so upset. And I remember thinking, why is he so upset? You know, but now when I look back at that, that's like a perfect example of how I am not present in my life. That was like a super amazing memory for him that I was not even there for. You know, my body was there, but my mind was somewhere else. And um, that's the power of this disease, you know. Um, and so, you know, so I, so I went through that period, and of course, eventually I started throwing up again because, you know, either I can't stop eating, the dieting doesn't work, you know, it works for a while, and then it stops working, and then I don't have an answer, so the only answer I have is to vomit. That's it. That's all I got. It's my best thinking. And then, you know, then I'm on that roller coaster again, and I can't get off. I cannot get off. And, um, and so eventually I had to surrender to this program. And um, and so I came here uh, with you guys, and uh, and here I was. And you know, 
you put a, a you know a, a bulimic in OA who has no idea how to eat. You know, um, the dieting doesn't work, the vomiting doesn't work, um, and I was a crazy person. I remember one of my first sponsors saying to me, "You're probably going to gain weight," and I was like, "No." <laughs> she goes, "But." Don't worry, it'll work itself out. And for some reason, I don't know why. I don't know why I believed her, but I believed her. That's the magic of this program. Like, we don't know why we believe people, but there's something about the way that it's said, or there's something about, I don't know what it is. There's a connection, there's an energy. We know that we know. And I knew, I believed her. Like, I knew she knew. And, uh, and so I just started on this journey, and um, I was really angry, really, really angry, because you took my drug away. And my drug is either eating and throwing up or obsessing and dieting and spinning out constantly and checking out through focusing on that. Um, you took that away from me, and all I was left with was like, what an order, I can't go through with it. You know what I mean? Like, that was it. Lack of power. I was in, I was enraged. I was enraged, and I remember I would I would like, you know, I was trying to eat and I was trying to eat healthy, and so I would try eating sugar free because I didn't want to eat sugar because that was unhealthy. And sugar free things do horrible things to our bodies. Don't eat it, newcomer. Don't. I mean, you can try it, <laughs> and then we'll chat later. Um, it's bad, but uh, and so I was really angry, really angry. And I would leave meetings and I would be screaming at God at the top of my lungs in my car and like double flipping them off, you know, like the drama. I'm I, like, what did people around me think? Like this crazy, like you're driving away, you know, like get away from that crazy lady. Uh, I was so angry. And I remember one time um, calling my sponsor. I had, I had a bag of sugar-free Reese's in my house. This is so great. I love this. It's just like alcohol, you know. I'm like... I can't stop eating them, and I'm so sick. I'm so sick. And she's like, are they in the house right now? And I was like, yes. Yeah. She goes, go get them and flush them down the toilet. You know, it's like like they're pills or something, right? <laughs> I flushed them. And, and you'll be sick from that stuff for days, people. Days, days, days. Ugly. Um, and, and, you know, those are those lessons that we learn, like, Never do that again. Never do that again. Um, I did it a few more times, but eventually, eventually we get it, you know. Um, thank you. My journey in this program has just been amazing. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've relapsed a few times here. I've relapsed a few times here. And, uh, and it's been those big events that happen in my life where I don't have another solution, you know, like when I'm in control, when I'm in charge, when I'm not surrendered, the only solution I have is my solution. And my solution is to eat and throw up because I'm not going to drink. You know what I mean? That takes my life to a very different level of um, powerlessness and unmanageability. What, what, what the food thing does for me is it, it like I'm like a, the walking dead. I am the walking, like alcohol and drugs, I'm out there doing things, you know what I mean? Like getting in trouble, lighting fires, crashing cars, you know, sleeping with your husband. Um, 
when I'm in the food, I ain't sleeping with nobody. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, so that yeah, I'm like the Walking Dead, and it keeps me it keeps me safe, you know. Uh, and it keeps you guys safe too, kind of, uh, unless I'm mad and then there's trouble. Uh, so, so you know, a couple of relapses over big life events. Um, and that all changed. So I was in and out, in and out, you know, and that all changed. I, so I, you know, I've, I've had different sponsors. I've had different food plans. My abstinence looks very different today than what it did at the beginning. I've had to be very structured. But what I've learned I had an experience with a sponsor, and, and this is what I've learned about myself. I'll pick a sponsor because I think that their program is going to keep me abstinent. Their program and the way they work it is going to keep me in line. And that is not how it works here. It's not how it works. It has to be between me and God. And I've had to learn that through those experiences with, with different people and different food plans and different everything. And... Um, I had an experience with a sponsor who was sharing her experience, strength, and hope with me. That's all she was doing. But to me, the way that I took it, I, here, I'll just tell you the story real quick. I, had a, I was struggling with my food. I, I had bought a townhome in the valley, big life thing, and my food got a little crazy. But I didn't start throwing up again, so that was recovery for me. My food got messy, but I didn't throw up. And that was the first time that it ever happened, ever. So I was trying to reel my food in, and I was sharing it with her, and I was emailing her, and I was weighing and measuring everything. And I had a day where I had a perfect food day. But while I was preparing my dinner, I was ravenous, and I was afraid I was going to pick something up that I didn't want to pick up. So I went into my refrigerator, grabbed a handful of grapes, and ate a handful of grapes while I was cooking. And the next day when I told her, she said, well, next time, why don't you grab a handful of carrots? And I was like... I don't understand. You know what I mean? And, and she was just, for, for whatever reason, that made sense to her. It did not make sense to me. And I was really upset, really upset. And what I learned from that experience is that she was, she was not shaming me, but I felt shamed. And I made a decision. I was never, ever, ever going to feel shame about anything I put in my body ever again, ever. Because it didn't make sense to me that I felt shame about that. It didn't make sense. Like, feeling shame about food to me doesn't make sense. And so from that day to this, I do not shame myself over the food I put in my body. Um, I've learned so many great tools here about how to be comfortable in the body I have. I'm, I'm older now, and my body does not respond to food in the same way that it used to. Like, I can, I can reel it in, and nothing changes. You know what I mean? <laughs> extremely frustrating. Um, so I've had to really get into acceptance about my body, and that's why I wore that bathing suit. <laughs> I'm 51 years old. I wore a bikini. I didn't look that bad. And I love, to, I love those moments where I'm standing in the mirror because I have such body image stuff where I'm just like, ugh. Where I'm standing in the mirror and I'm looking at myself and I think, God, I look good. That's amazing. That's a miracle in this program. I try not to make it about the food. I really do. I try not to make it about the food. Um, I tr I'm trying to make it about no more shame and acceptance of the body that I have because that's really what it's been about. I don't know where the, the loathing of my body came from. I don't know, but it's ugly. 
and it's mean and it's hateful. And so what I do, thank you so much, what I do is that I dress this body in clothing that fits this body. What a miracle. That is like such a miraculous thing. If you're wearing clothes that fit, you're not obsessed with them. Like, I feel fat. You can't feel fat in clothes that fit. You know what I mean? Because they're not tight. So um, that, was a, that was a tool that my sponsor gave me early on, and I love it. Um, you know, I'm not sure what I shared here. Um, I'm super grateful. <laughs> I have no idea what came out. My dog threw me off completely. Um, but I'm really grateful to be here. I'm grateful to stand in front of you. Um, semi-sane, semi, and, uh, and grateful for this program. It really has changed my life. Um, thanks a lot, you guys. So this is the time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay. So questions. Do I need to stand during questions? Casey. Thank you. Um, what is your current abstinence? And if it hasn't been a dozen changes, why and how has it evolved over the years? So what is my current abstinence? And if it hasn't been a dozen changes, uh, why and how has it changed over the years? Uh, my current abstinence is that I don't throw up no matter what. That's my current abstinence. That's my bottom line. That is what I, um, that is, that is what I, that, that's my compulsive behavior with food. So, um, so that is what I abstain from. And, but it has changed over the years. Um, there's been a lot of different things. I, I made my abstinence about, my abstinence about food several times throughout my, um, my abstinence. Uh, I had a food plan that was my abstinence, a weighed and measured food plan. And, and for me, what I learned, what I've learned over the years about that is that um, that rigidity for me is detrimental. And what happens is I use it as a way to hurt myself. Because what, you know, it's kind of like the, when I was talking about those periods of dieting where I would be obsessed with dieting. When I'm trying to be perfect with my food, eventually there comes a day where I can't be perfect, like the, like the grapes and the carrots, you know, the carrots and the grapes. And somebody, you know, and, and then something happens and then I'm doing it wrong. And then I suck. And then that self-loathing comes back. And I don't want that in my life. I don't want it. So um, today, my abstinence is that I don't, I don't stick my finger down my throat and throw up. Sorry, that's a little graphic, but that's how it works. And, um, and that my, you know, I eat whatever I want. I, I, I eat food. I eat whatever, you know, whatever's available. If I'm, I, there's no, nothing that I restrict. I tend to choose things that are good for me, but I don't always. The thing that's different today is when I don't choose things that are good for me, I don't hate myself. That's kind of a miracle. Um, I don't let anybody else tell me that it's wrong. I, I just, that just does not work for me. I'm done with the self-loathing. I'm done. I've had it. It's over. And so, um, so I guess that's part of my abstinence is that I don't self-loathe. And, um, 
and I just let it, my relationship with food is very different today, you know, and I'm grateful for that. You know, it's imperfect, but it's good, you know, it's okay, it's all okay. So I hope that answers your question. Hi. Thank you so much. Um, you said that with some big life events, mm-hmm. you lost your accident. How will it be different when the next big life event, as it, as it will for all mm-hmm. of us, comes around? Um, thank you for that question. So she asked um, that I mention that with big life events, I've lost my abstinence, and what will be different um, when the next big life event happens? Well, we've had many life events since I lost my abstinence last time. Um, that, so the last time I lost my abstinence, jeez, um, <laughs> this is the part of my story. Um, so I got married at one point. It was very brief. <laughs> I lost my abstinence. And then I got abstinent during, during the marriage. Um, I moved to Florida. So, so here's the story. I got married. I moved across country. I got divorced. And I moved back across the country within a year. Within a year. So I lost my abstinence twice during that period. I lost it when I got over there, and then I lost it again when I came back. Um, That relationship, I had probably about 15 years or so in AA. I'd been in Al-Anon for a few years, and I'd been in OA for a few years at that point. So I was trying to work it all, make it all happen, but, you know. This program has been my hardest program. This has been the one that's been the most difficult for me. And so when I came back from that marriage, I thought, I'm going to go, I'm going home, man. My recovery, my people, I'm going to hit the ground running, you know. That is not what happened. I came home, and as everything settled, what ha- like the reality of the choice I had made like and all the things that had happened in that relationship and that I was saying yes to all these things. And that basically, I, I remember I came back from that relationship and I was like, he lied to me. He lied. But when I worked the steps on it, I realized like I was the liar because he was showing me exactly who he was. He didn't hold back. And I was saying yes. And that made me the liar. So I lost my abstinence when I got back. And it, it, for seven months, I could not stop throwing up. And, um, and that was nine years ago, not, you know, a little over nine years ago. And I got abstinent again. And since that, from that day to this, in this abstinence, I bought a town home. Okay, so I bought this town home. And one of the things I loved about it was that outside my bedroom window, there were these beautiful trees. Like the tree, all I saw was trees. And the day I went and picked up my keys when my escrow closed, I walked in and I walked in and I, and I was like, something's different. And I looked. They had taken all the trees out. All the trees were gone, like root and branch, man. They were gone. They were never coming back. I was devastated. Devastated. And that was when my food got messy. That was the time that my food got messy and then the carrot, the carrot grape thing happened. <laughs> the carrot grape incident. And... Uh, <laughs> And um, I did not start throwing up again. That was the first time. That was the first time. Since then, um, you know, I've, I've sold that home. You know, lots of, I, had a, I had a very difficult relationship with my boss at work 
for five years. I have not lost my abstinence from that. And lots of things have happened. Lots of big life stuff has happened. My dad came and lived with me. Oh, my God. Like, the fact that I didn't throw myself out a window on that one is, is really miraculous. But I, I have not lost my abstinence. So what's different is that I'm in this program, that I am have a connection with a power greater than me that, that is helping me a day at a time walk through everything that's like, what an order I can't go through with it. You know, it's like... I've learned how to live my life without doing that. And it's, it's, it's like that, um, that option has been like, it's like God went in and lifted it out and it's no longer there. So my food may get messy. I may put on a couple of pounds, but I don't throw up. And that's pretty, that's a miracle because I did it from the time I was 16 long into my 40s, guys. Long into my 40s. So I hope that answers your question. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. your lead. I never knew they made sugar-free. Don't. Can <laughs> 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 you um, talk about how you how you went through the steps in this program? Okay. And how you do six and seven on your way through steps. Thank you. So how do I work? How did I work the steps in this program? And and how do I how do how, uh, six and seven? And then how do I today? Um, so I did, I've done a lot of different things in this program. I've been through the steps many, many times. Um, and, you know, I've done, uh, you know, I've written down all my difficult foods, and I've done, like, an autobiography with a sponsor. Um, I've talked about my powerless, or I've written about my powerlessness and the unmanageability of my, my life when I'm in the food, and I've written about those stories. And, um, and uh and I've done, you know, I've gone through the, I've gone through a lot of different literature and, and written a lot of stuff. I have, I have journals and journals. I don't throw them away of like, um, writing. So I went through this list. It was called an AWOL and it was just a list of like, um, readings and writings. And you would read like, you know, there is a solution. And then anything that, that, uh, stuck out, you'd write on. And it was so amazing. What, I, what came out of that, those readings and writings. And um, just such a spiritual experience um, in finding out about myself and about, um, you know, a connection with a higher power, coming to believe, things about relationships. And um, I, did a, I did a fourth and a fifth step and, um, and just saw <laughs> those character defects and, and got a lovely list of, of defects of character and, um, and, you know, wrote on all of those. And I'll just say that the way that I work six and seven today is that um, it's, it's challenging, you know. I, I think one of the hardest things for me is, is I get, you know, like fear is the thing that kind of, underlies everything for me and it's that lack of power I do not like not being able to figure it out or make it right or do it or you know and um and my my response to my own fear is anger I get mad because anger feels powerful to me like I'll I can do it you know with anger but it doesn't work in my life anymore and so um you know I have a God box. I know that sounds so hokey, but it is a tangible way for me to turn things over to God. And it is, I, I just got chills through my body. There are so many things in that box. 
because I have trouble with everything in my life. What a freaking order, seriously. And um, I just I just write it down on paper and I throw it in that box and I say a little prayer. And I when I when I did my sixth and seventh step, I I wrote out a prayer, a whole prayer on a piece of paper with all those character defects on it. And I folded it up and I kissed it and I put it in that box. And um, I still, you know, every day things come up. You know, I'm not, I don't do it perfectly. I, this, I, I, six and seven, and I believe it even says this in our literature, is that it's a lifelong process. But some things have been removed and some things I struggle with all the time. Thank you. And so, um, but my God box really is the thing that I use the most with that particular step with those steps because sometimes like I'll write whatever it is down and I'll put it in there because I I obsess about things you know obsession is a big one and I'll put I'll write it down and I'll put it in there and and like I'll find like oh my god I haven't thought about that or anything with my son I didn't talk about my son but I have a he's 26 and you know that's a whole other area but you know I'll write things down about like if I'm struggling about worrying about him I'll put that in there and right now the dog is going in the God box the freaking dog is going in the dog uh, the God box God dog um, and so um, you know and then and then you know eight nine I've done some amends um, there's I, I'm actually writing an eight step right now and when my dad was living with me talk about character defects coming up it was so challenging my dad is an, a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I had this idea <laughs> my, my Al-Anon sponsor was like really your dad's coming to live with you I was like what it'll be fine we're both in program it'll be great <laughs> it was so hard and um, while he was living with me, it was so challenging. I mean, I had to do like, you know, promptlies where I promptly make amends because I'll just give you one story in particular. Christmas morning, my mom had come and had Christmas Eve with us. It was the first time we'd had Christmas as a family in a million and a half years. And she, she gave my dad a gift and I didn't see what it was until the next morning when everybody was gone. I was like, oh, dad, mom got, my dad's really, really Catholic. Mom got you a rosary. How sweet. My mom was not a practicing Catholic at the time. She knew my dad was, and that was the gift she gave him. And he, he like, made a snarky remark because it was, like, you know, Christmas wreathy, red and green. It was, like, you know, a plastic. But it was sweet, I thought. And when he was snarky, I got mad. And, um, and he's like, you know, everybody, most everybody thinks I, you know, enjoys having conversation with me, but not you. You think I'm an arrogant asshole. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically on Christmas morning, I called my father an arrogant asshole. <laughs> so that was one where I had to, and, I, and it was really hard because I don't want my dad to think that, the, and that, I can never take that back. So my dad and my relationship is really difficult right now. It's, it's not good. And so I'm writing my eighth step. And, I, and I, here's the thing, is that I know that in nine, it's going to shift. Something's going to happen. It's going to be different. And 10, 11, and 12, um, I just talked a little bit about 10. But, you know, the 11th step, I read a lot of literature. I spend time in the morning um, reflecting quietly. And I do a lot of writing. Um, I love our literature. Our literature literally changes my perception it really does I am so grateful and I always tell my sponsees that's 12 I work with others I um, I love sharing this program but 
I always tell my sponsees when you're reading your daily readers in the morning, if you're not, if it's, if you're, it's like your mind's going, stop, read it again, read it again, because we need to infiltrate. I need to infiltrate my negative, ugly, hateful thinking with something beautiful and positive, and that's what our literature gives us. It gives us a, an answer, a solution, something different, to, a different way to look at life, and I'm so appreciative of that. I hope that answers your question. Thanks. Are we out of time? Talk about my relationship with television. Well, I'm not. Social media. Oh, social media. The hateful. Oh my. I'm trying to end my relationship with social media. I have to. Um, I have to say. So he asked about um, my relationship with television and social media. Well, thankfully, I'm not home a lot, so I'm not able to watch that much television. However. I do watch television, and I do have favorite shows that I watch, um, but I, you know, it's limited because I'm, you know, I work, I'm at meetings, I'm at, thank God, this program's given me a life, so I can't, you know, sit around watching television all day. Um, and social media, boy, let me tell you, that is a monster. Um, and I'll tell you why, is because it's, it's that false feeling of, like, connectedness with people and like it, it, you feel like you know somebody but you don't know somebody it's I don't it's just it's so I don't know so I I have been trying to break up with social media <laughs> for a while and I've made resolutions I've told my sponsor I've done and I and I keep, it's like a bad relationship. I keep going back. So that's something I'm working on. And it's very, very challenging because I get bored and it's entertaining. There's entertainment value in it. I'm, but I'm working on it. But it is. It's, it's, it's kind of an addiction and I don't like it. My phone, social media, I don't like that I have that connection to it. I really, really. So it's going in the God box. It's going in the God box. Thanks.